Why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Kiran Sataya has suffered chronic pain for many years. And so this MIT professor decided to draw on his years of training as a professional philosopher to write a book. Now, if you open the book, it does not read as a traditional philosophical text, nor does it have the voice of self-help. Instead, it is a reminder of the maladies that we encounter in life. Infirmity, pain, loneliness, grief, failure, injustice, absurdity, and even a sense of life's own futility. All of these maladies make life complicated. And so Sataya aptly named his book, Life is Hard. When I saw the book in a book review, I, I didn't think much of it until I saw that it was the staff pick of my favorite barista at my coffee shop. And I was thinking, I love going to that coffee shop and going to the barista because she always has a smile on. She seemed very joyful all the time. And I just wanted to get, whenever I went into that bookstore, I just wanted to just, you know, have some of that joy rub off on me. But when she named that book as one of her staff picks, it sort of gave me an indication that perhaps underneath the smile, underneath all the happiness that she exudes, there's a lot of pain. For the smile could be a veneer. Now, if we are honest with ourselves, we all face these maladies at one time or another. Sataya logically concludes that suffering is inevitable. Well, I'm here to tell you that Christians are not immune to suffering. This past week, with tears of blood on Thursday, Jesus shed tears asking God to remove the cup of suffering. On Friday, we heard Jesus cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For in Christ, we learn, God empathizes with our, the human condition, and he redeems it. In Christ, we do not have to put on a mask or a veneer, but can be authentic in our admission that we too suffer. We too suffer. Yet we press on towards hope. So whether it's in the gospel today, 
Mary Magdalene, who, during the darkness of the morning's wee hours, arrives at the tomb. She confronts the reality that the world, as she knows it, has come to an end. And when she sees that reality, her heart completely sinks because she sees that the stone has been removed. With a sense of urgency, she tells Peter and the beloved disciple that Jesus is missing. She's utterly distraught and tired and stands outside of that tomb, that graveyard, weeping. The only thing that she can do is glare inside and see an empty tomb. Twice she hears a question that is utterly nonsensical poised to her. Why are you weeping? Why are you crying? And in seconds that last a lifetime for her, memories of Jesus' love, compassion, teaching, miracles, betrayal, and yes, death, flash ever before her. All she can cry with her heart is, give him back. I need to see Jesus. And then, and then, she hears her name. Her bloodshot eyes covered by her swollen eyelids that hold back a riverbed of tears open. And when she opens her eyes, when the veil tail tears on Good Friday, when that stone is rolled away, when the mar magical wardrobe opens to a new Narnia so that the bleakness of darkness and winter cannot exist, but is broken by God's only Son who resurrected from the dead and turns blocks of ice into waters that flow eternally. She realizes she has seen the Lord. Friends, all of these are portals into the reality that there is no escape from the fact that life is hard, yet we are given the assurance of an entry port point, a portal or dimension that our lives do not end in despair, our lives are not without purpose, for the very act of opening up our eyes, tearing that veil, or entering the magic wardrobe leads to a life with the risen and resurrected Lord. She turns towards the person who calls her, and her hitherto feeble voice becomes strong as she sees her beloved Lord and Master. She experiences the power of resurrection. And then upon hearing her testimony, the disciples who are so cowered in fear spring back to life. My friends, here is the why of what we do, what we do today. Why this day is important. We live in a culture of denial. We want to celebrate all the time. However, life teaches us that celebration, Easter, resurrection, can only become meaningful when we have the Good Fridays of our lives. For Easter's power lies in celebrating and remembering that the crown of thorns has become a golden crown. The hardwood of the cross becomes the throne of God, where Jesus gives each and every one of us victory over death, 
darkness, and impossibility. And as those who hold on to this truth, we inherit the crown of righteousness, and we are called to follow in the footsteps of the one who lived, died, and rose again. For the Apostle Paul alludes, in all these sufferings and tribulations, yes, amid chronic pain and anxiety, when life is hard, we are more than conquerors through Jesus, who loved us and gave himself for us. For neither death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor life, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Because the curtain has torn, the stone has been rolled away, our eyes are opened because we have seen the resurrected Christ and his eternal presence is with us. That is why each and every one of us on this day can boldly say, to him be glory and dominion through all ages. For alleluia, the Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.